0: Hi listeners, welcome back to Motivate, the Motivation and Inspiration Podcast. I'm your host, Dahi D, and today's guest is Inky Johnson talking about not letting life deter your efforts. Today's episode is all about being punched in the face. It's all about realizing that you might not be up to the task in that given moment. It's all about realizing that there are factors out of your control in life, and even though you can't control the factors, you can control your efforts and your reactions to them. Your reactions and your efforts will really guide you to your destiny. It will really help you in life if you have a positive reaction to everything and understand that it is all just a trial. I believe these trials are really just tests for your conviction. You didn't choose your destiny, but you have to choose your conviction. You have to choose how committed you're going to be to something. And I believe the trials are ways to really determine and remind yourself that this is what you're really trying to do in life. This is your true goal. That's it for me today. Thank you all for listening. I truly hope you enjoyed today's episode. I said, physically, JD,
1: I'm out of commission, man. I said, physically, that right hook is gone, JD. I said, but I will use this arm and his hand every day of my life for the rest of my life by the way that I live my life because I would never allow a situation or circumstance to define my life. I said, I dictate how I respond. I dictate what I do with what I encounter. I dictate my perspective about the things I encounter. I dictate what I can control. I often say to my guys, man, control what you can control. If we show up and everything that we do is based upon external factors, we'll never be able to operate and execute. But I control my mindset that I bring to an environment every single day. I control the spirit, the energy, and the passion that I bring into an environment every single day. I control my dedication and my commitment that I bring to this thing called life every single day. You see, I'm not one of these people that travel around and try to tell people how to do what they do. I wouldn't disrespect you in that way. I know you could do it like it's nobody's business 10, 20, 30, 40 ways over. Like, I know you can do it like it's nobody's business know you the best at what you do. Like, I don't try to tell people how to do what they do, I wouldn't do that. But I do understand this to be true. In life, people don't burn out and quit and shortchange because of what they do. In life, people burn out, quit and shortchange because life makes them forget why they do it. The purpose and the mission of when you see a person in its purest form and they start something, and you're like, man, that's incredible. And then you catch them weeks later, months later, years later, and you're like, man, what happened? What happened to the fire? What happened to the drive? What happened to the perspective? What happened to the value that they brought to it every single day? Like, I'll never forget trying to control every aspect of the process, right? Because most of the time, as people, if we encounter something that we don't like or places us in uncharted territory, a level of opposition adversity, we want to control it based upon the foundation of fear, right? And so for me, I had an injury. My arm no longer worked. I could no longer play. My dream was deferred. And so the next best thing I said was, man, I'm going to become a coach. Right? I'm a coach ball. I love it. I can impact people this way. Let's go. I start down the path to become a coach. Out of all the people in the world, I ended up on Lane Kiffin's staff. My God. And I'm in the office one night, making copies. 2 a.m. Years after my injury had happened, on the copy machine, my wife calls. Pick up, her voice is trembling. Say, hey, what's up, babe? Everything good? So yeah, everything's great. I say, you sure? Said, yeah, everything's good. She said, how are you? I was like, I'm great making copies. Then she says, um, she says, Ink, I'm pregnant. And it scared me so much, I was like, how'd that happen? <laughs> <laughs> scared the life out of me, right? I was a graduate assistant coach. I had no money. I was like, man. She said, you know how it happened. She said, you got to make a decision. I was like, I got you. I went in the coach's office. I said, Coach, man, um, wife's pregnant, man. I want to move back to Atlanta. I want to be there when my first child is being born. She said, My father wasn't there when I was born, and that's pretty important to me. He said, You should. I said, That's the right thing to do. You should. Next morning, I get up, I make a call to the rec center that I grew up in, it wasn't the same people working there. And when they picked up, I said, hey, man, Inky Johnson introduced myself, I said, I'm moving back, I would love to create leadership curriculums for the kids in my community. I was like, oh, man, great, like, you got a job like yesterday. Send your stuff over, send your resumes, everything is good. All right, at that point, I had a master's degree, psychology, loved it. I sent my resumes over, never had a response, so when I got there and I moved, I went up to the rec center, I was like, hey, I sent my stuff over, don't know if you guys got it, I never got a response. And they was like, yeah, man, we forgot to tell you, you're overqualified. I was like, overqualified? It's a rec center. What are you talking about? I'm overqualified. I was like, yeah, we don't know what to tell you. Right? And I'll never forget, I was in my wife's grandmother's home. One bedroom home, two blocks away from where I grew up. One of the toughest time periods of my life because I was used to being this optimistic guy, I was used to things working out, I was used to having some level of control, and for the first time in my life, I was in a situation and things weren't clicking, things weren't working, and I couldn't understand how I had been to the highest of the high level of exposure, played college football, had all these resources, had all these contacts, only to get sent back right to the neighborhood that I grew up in, two blocks from where I grew up, in my wife's grandmother's home. We have our daughter Jada, Right? Somebody bought my daughter Jada a wagon for her birthday. I remember us putting pillows in the wagon. I remember getting up every single day. My wife would get dressed in the same mirror. She started teaching, and I would go out, and I would look for employment. Everywhere I would go, it would be like, ah, we can't do it. And I remember the burden of the situation was just weighing on me. And the only thing I had going for me at the time, I had started writing my book because my grandmother was ill, and I wanted to finish it before she transitioned. Right now, never forget, we finished it. Me and my wife was in the mirror one morning, and she looked at me. She said, Ink, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. And the truth is, I wasn't. I was about to break. She said, are you sure? I said, yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. She said, it's okay if you're not. I said, no, I'm good. I'm cool. And I went into the room, and the only thing I had was my first copy of my book. I had gotten it back, and I went in, and I grabbed it. Came back into the restroom. I said, babe, you're not gonna believe it. She's like, what you got, ain't? I said, you're not gonna believe this. She said, what you got? I said, I'm about to head to Chicago. I'm taking a book to Oprah. My wife said, ain't you know Oprah? <laughs> My wife been knowing me since 10. I was like, nope. She said, you know somebody at Harpo Studios? I was like, nope. She said, you sure? I said, absolutely. She said, go for it. I had a little bit over $300 to my name. I had a truck with over 300,000 miles on it. And I had a 2 X suit. Put it in the truck. I take off driving. I get to Chattanooga. I call my buddy Jeff. Jeff was an attorney, pretty well off. Jeff picks up. I said, Jeff, you're not going to believe it. Jeff said, what you got, ain't? I said, man, I'm headed to Chicago. I'm about to give Oprah the book. Jeff said, Ink, you know Oprah? I said, no. He said, I know what this is, Ink. He said, one of the things I admire about you, you're extremely ambitious. He said, but the chances of this happening, slim to none. He said, call me when you get to Knoxville. I don't want you to make that drive, waste your money, and be too disappointed, because it's not going to happen. I called him when I got to Knoxville. He picked up. He said, you're still going, aren't you? I said, absolutely. He says, stop by and pick me up, man. I'll make the drive with you. We get to Chicago that night. Jeff gets us a room. We get up the next morning. I go to the front desk. Jeff is standing in the corner waiting to go work out. I'll never forget he was watching me. He's like, man, this dude is serious. And I'm at the front desk, and I'm talking to this lady, this elderly lady. I'm like, can you give me the best directions to Harpo, right? And I could tell she felt so bad for me. He's writing on a napkin. And she was like, good luck, baby. I was like, thank you so much. And I grab it, and I go to walk off. And Jeff says, Ink, wait, man. He said, I'm going to get us a taxi. I'm sure this won't be long. Get us a taxi, we get there, and there's people everywhere. This is when her last shows are happening. We get out. Jeff says, Ink, I'm going to go across the street, get me a cup of coffee. I'm sure I'll be seeing you in a minute. And so I start walking. And I'm circling the building. And whenever a door would open, I would run up to the door, and I would say, hey, man, I'm Inky Johnson. I drove up from Atlanta. I just want to give open my book. And they would always be like, man, get out of here. We don't do that. I was like, man, I thought y'all get away houses and cars. I got a book. <laughs> and I remember getting so discouraged, man. And everybody went into the building, right? And I sat down on the curb, and I was like, man, my wife going to chew me out, man. And I was sitting there, and a gentleman came over. He looked to be homeless. He sits down right beside me i never forget, he looked at me. He said, man, how are you? I was like, I've seen better days. I said, how are you? He said, man, I'm great. The irony of the situation. He sit there for a couple of minutes. He gets up. He said, man, have a great day. and go to walk off. I'm sitting there, and I'm just contemplating. And I look up. I'm coming down the sidewalk, it's Oprah security guard. I get up, fix my suit. I said, surely she'll probably send security up, move me out of the way, but I drove too far. I got to take my shot, right? Got to Steph Curry this joint, right? Long range, baby, <laughs> right? And so I start walking. They keep walking. I keep walking. They keep walking. They stop directly in front of me. I said, hey, um, I'm Inky Johnson, I drove up from Atlanta. I just wanted to give you my book. She said, oh, thank you, that's nice of you. Grabs it, she hands it to her security guard, and she grabs my suit. She starts shaking my suit. She's like, it's a nice suit. I think she was trying to see if I had a gun or a knife or something on me, right? I said, thank you. She said, I got to get in and do my show, right? I said, would you mind if I take a picture with you? She said, sure, no problem. We take the picture. I said, I got to get in and do my show. I said, all right, thank you very much. I greatly appreciate it. I go to walk off. Her security says, hey, little man, wait. He said, come here, man, I want to tell you something. Walked over to him. He said, um, I'm not saying anything is going to come of this. See, I'm not saying book club show. I'm not saying any of that. He said, I just want you to know what just happened never happens. Say so usually she'll send me up, tell me to move them out of the way, tell them to send it here. She'll never get it. So I'm not promising anything from this moment. I just want you to know what just happened and what you just experienced, it never happens. I said, thank you, man. I greatly appreciate it. I walked off. I sent the picture out, family and friends. I put it up on social media. Everybody's response was, Inc, you going to be on a show? You going to be on a book club? I was like, I don't know. I don't care. They said, what you mean you don't know you don't care? I said, that moment wasn't about that for me. They said, what was it about? I said I needed to know that I was still being guided by a source and by a force that was a lot greater than me, but most importantly, I was in a situation that I had never been in before. I was in uncharted territory. And so the same toolkit that I had up until that point, it couldn't get me to where I was trying to go. Every next level of our lives demands a new version of us, and it's a lot of people that haven't updated the software to get to the next level, and me putting myself outside of my comfort zone, it wasn't about Oprah, it wasn't even about the outcome. I put my faith on trial. I put my belief system on trial. I put my level of hope on trial, just to see if I was still being guided by a source and by a force that was a lot greater than me. I often tell people, people are amazing, man. People are incredible. People are talented, gifted, brilliant. People are amazing, right? People have what it takes, more times than not. With any situation that they encounter, People have what it takes. But more times than not, people forget, in some situations that we're gonna encounter, in some circumstances that we're gonna encounter, we have what it takes, but it's just gonna take everything that we got. I just want one thing from you. As talented, as gifted, as skillful as you are, I just want one thing from you. Never allow life to make you forget why you show up and why you do what you do every single day. Because, yep, go ahead. Yep. Because when the clock stops and when it's all said and done, I think we all can agree it's not about anything superficial or materialistic. When the clock stops and it's all said and done, I think life is about two things. It's about who we become, and it's about what we give. And every single day, we're blessed with an incredible opportunity to become something great, transform, become something great. But most importantly, every single day, we're blessed with an incredible opportunity to give back something great. If we're not careful, let's never become the people that are public successes, but behind closed doors, private failures. Let's never allow our dedication, our commitment, and what we bring to an environment and bring to this thing called life to be dictated by external factors and what we encounter. As cliche as it sounds when it says it's never about what happens to us, it's about how we respond to it, that's 100% true. Attitude is one of the most important things that we can possess. I often tell people, when you go through something, be careful how you talk to yourself. Be careful how you speak to yourself. Because how we speak to ourselves, it forms a certain perspective. And the perspective that we have about what we do will dictate our effort, our dedication, and the commitment that we bring into it. Never allow life to make us forget how we show up and what we do every single day.